Welcome into the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor. We got Krishna producing. We are talking to Jackson Frank, talking about the top players in each defensive role here in 2023. Uh, Jackson, nice nice to meet you before the podcast. Uh, how you doing today? Doing well. Um, I'm excited to uh, talk some defense. We're, you know, we're getting nearly 20 games into the season, and uh, it's been, been cool to kind of see different guys maintain their same level of impact over the past few years. Some, some of the guys step up, so... Excited to kind of highlight the spectrum of uh, good defenders to open this year. So we brought Jackson in because uh, avid film watcher of the NBA. Dime Up Rocks puts things out over there. Uh, Liberty Ballers, if you want to find some Sixers coverage for SB Nation. So the problem right now in the data world is that we have a small sample size. So we have defensive roles here at Basketball Index. We have on ball, off ball, and bigs. We'll go through those later. Uh, But we don't have our overall uh, LeBron impact metric out because the the sample basically isn't big enough yet. So we can't look at, we can't rely on my crutch that is D LeBron. So we turn to Jackson. We, We know that he watches basketball 24 hours a day uh, has got a great feel for the league so we're going to go through each defensive role here at basketball index and we're going to have jackson pick who's been a real standout player early in the season so uh jackson let's start with on ball so our, our primary on ball role is point of attack it's basically someone that defends opposing opposing point guards opposing primary ball handlers uh, shot creators just guys that are generally uh, making things happen for the offense who who have you seen early in the season that's really stuck out there yeah a guy a guy that uh has really kind of developed you know from a pretty ineffectual defender to a guy that's been quite good the last couple of years and he's got an opportunity uh is dennis smith jr i, I don't necessarily think i you know i'd have him on all defense team or anything like that just because he's missed some games and he's been kind of he's not a full-time starter thing like that but has been really good when he's played. Uh, came back on Sunday against the Wizards. Uh, promptly had like two steals and two blocks in like 25 minutes. Uh, has really improved kind of his the the way he kind of anticipates plays. Really high steal rate this year. And sometimes, yeah, he is you know, he's prone to maybe over overly you know hunting those those takeaways. But really physical, pretty good laterally. Um, like I said, instinctual, anticipatory. Uh, uses kind of those physical tools that we saw coming out of North Carolina State. Uh, maybe we we envisioned really helping offensively, uh, and they have to a degree uh, this year. But he's really kind of using him on the defensive end and uh, started some games for the Hornets who have been snake bitten by injuries. You know, whether it's Gordon Hayward missing time, Lamelo has been largely out of line due to a sprained ankle. Um, I've just been really impressed with, with Dennis Smith Jr. this year. Uh, he's come a long way from you know the, those early early days with the the Mavericks and the Knicks where he wasn't particularly effective defensively. Um, but his last three stops, the Pistons, the Blazers, and now the Hornets, I think he's been pretty solid. And, you know, you can kind of see that both with some metrics and with the eye test. And so uh, every Hornets game I've caught this year who's been able to play, uh, I've been impressed. So um, he's a guy that really stands out to me, kind of that that guard position on the ball. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been kind of all over the league early in his career. Uh, always been a point of attack defender. This year has really popped in our passing lane defense. Uh, he's actually third in the league in that, which is basically uh, intercepted bad passes and deflections. Um, mm-hmm. And that's some uh, a stat you really can can make an impact. Uh, number one in the league is Alex Caruso. Uh, guys mm-hmm. like him, DeAnthony Melton, number five, uh, another guy that's it's performed really well in that early in the season. Um, to, to not only have a strong point of attack defender, but also to have some defensive playmaking there, I feel like is really important. So, yeah, I feel like Dennis Smith Jr. is a really solid pick. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to maybe seeing some lineups, you know, when Lamella comes back, uh, where they could play together. Uh, just because, you know, if a guy like Dennis Smith, you know, creating a lot of turnovers, and we know how good Lamella can be in the open court, even a guy like Kelly Oubre. So, uh, you know, obviously the Hornets have been, like I said, pretty injury prone with some of their key players, but I think you could see some fun stuff uh, between those two, uh, you know, just letting, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. do his thing as a defensive playmaker and then Lamello shine in the open floor offensively. So hopefully we get some of that uh, sooner rather than later. But uh, yeah, he's been he's been impressive. You know, he's been one of the few bright spots for a Hornets team. Like I said, uh, you know, has been you know struggling you know with with a lot of their offensive creators. You know, Hayward and Lamelo missing a lot of time. Um, but yeah, it seems like Dennis Smith Jr. You know, hopefully is is here to kind of stay and carve out that niche as a rotation guard who can do some stuff as a as a two way playmaker, uh, even if the the individual scoring is going to have some some uh, limitations. Yeah, I was uh, I was really big on the Hornets kind of the last season and a half. Thought they were a lot of fun to watch, but they didn't have a ton of uh, defensive oriented players uh, that were making an impact on that end of the court. So um, if they can pick him up uh, this year and maybe use him as a kind of defensive block the next few years, that could be really helpful to uh, kind of the direction they want to go. So that was our point of attack. Um, our other on ball defensive role is wing stopper. Um, this is player that's normally a little bit larger because they're, they're guarding guys traditionally on the wing. You, know, you think of someone like a Luca or a LeBron, things like that. Uh, who did you have as a standout, uh, early in the year as a wing stopper? Yeah, it's a, it's a, another guy who's just having a really good all around year, uh, you know, for their, I guess, point of their for their, for their threshold, I guess. Uh, and that's OG Ananobi, uh, has been really, really good. He's leading the league in steals per game. Uh, you know, he's a guy that somehow like, you know, he's had some injuries, but like, I think if you told most people that he doesn't have an all defense of team appearance yet, people would be pretty shocked there. Um, and he looks like he's right in line to kind of fully make that jump into, you know, the defensive player of the year conversation, you know, all first team, all defense, we second team, all defense, you know, there's a lot of good wing stoppers. Um, but just really impressed with kind of his on ball playmaking. Uh, you know, I think with Dennis Smith Jr., you mentioned the passing lanes. I feel like a lot of his stuff has come off the ball, but he's had some good on-ball sequences where uh, as OG is doing a lot of stuff where he just kind of pries the ball from, from dudes. Uh, he's got really good wingspan, really, you know, really quick laterally. So, so good or just so long and fluid, um, you know, as an on-ball guy. So, uh, you know, the Raptors are another team that's, you know, had a lot of injuries. You know, Scotty Barnes has been off to a slow start. We know Pascal Siakam was playing tremendous basketball before he got injured. Uh, I know G's missed a, you know, a game or two, I think, maybe not, but uh, it's just been really, really good and had some really impressive games, stretches, sequences, uh, and just looked like a guy who was uh, finally uh, primed to to earn that first and what's been this at this point elusive all-defensive team appearance. Uh, it's funny. I, I was looking up uh, on EPM, uh, his, his uh, defensive impact, which has been super good. I think it's something crazy like it's been the he's second yeah. yes second, second which is insane uh he's up there with centers which is like pretty unheard of uh i know it's early in the season but he it's funny he's one of the few players we just haven't talked about on this podcast in like two years i don't know why he's just like always in a blind spot uh but looking up his uh, so we have at basketball index pickpocket rating which is your on ball steals and then passing league defense which we just talked about off ball stuff he actually has an a in both of those this year which <laughs> is uh something that is uh really good and it's just one of those things where it seems like everywhere you look every indicator we have early in the season whether it's film whether it's the the all-in-one metrics whether it's the more granular stuff he is popping at an unbelievable level um so yeah i think that's 
that's a really good call out by you. And he's somebody that uh, I, it's weird. I, it's I, it's gotten to the point where I've I've been like it's weird how much we've avoided talking this about like a pretty good player on this podcast. But yeah, he seems to be definitely making an impact. I know Toronto kind of is an interesting defense where they have so many guys uh, that are kind of like bigger forwards they have a lot of switchability a lot of interesting things they're doing up there in the north and uh i feel like og's kind of uh spearheading some of that yeah yeah absolutely he's been he's been super important to what they're doing this year and uh, and even on both ends i know we're not talking a ton of offense but uh i think he's averaging a career high in points pretty solid efficiency as well yeah, he's averaging about 19 a game on right around league average efficiency uh he's taking on a bigger playmaking and just creation burden since the offense been out so uh, you know, the, the fact that he's been able to keep up that defensive performance, because I think last year, you know, when he, you know, he took on a bigger offensive role again, but I thought his defense looked a little bit, uh, you know, even when in the games he played and he missed, missed 34. So uh, it's been impressive that he's been able to, you know, maintain that two-way performance, even with a bigger offensive load. So uh, really enjoying what, what OG is doing this year and uh, is at the forefront of, you know, this, this funky and fun uh, Raptors brand of basketball. So that's going to wrap it up for uh, talking on ball. We have point of attack. We have wing stopper. Uh, those are your guys, you know, primary defenders, guys with a live dribble, you know, trying to attack, trying to make things happen. Now we're going to move to off ball. Uh, we have three defensive roles here. We have chaser, which is what it sounds like. You're chasing Steph Curry around screens. Uh, helper, which is a lot of the time helping from the corner on drives, things like that, rotating. And then lastly, low activity, which uh, is a an interesting defensive role because sometimes it's you know sometimes you're hiding a player that's maybe not the best defensive player other times there's there's some quarterback aspecting to it uh chris paul has always been a guy that has uh had a really high defensive impact in previous seasons he's been in that role uh sometimes you can put older players there so uh kind of it's kind of a, a multitude of things there but let's start with chaser uh who do you have as the best guy doing a really tough job trying to bounce around a lot of screens like a pinball and uh, trying to suppress those shooters. Yeah. I don't know if this is necessarily the guy that, you know, I would say you know, gets the gold medal through, you know, a month or anything like that. But uh, a guy that's just really impressed me defensively uh, thus far is Jalen Williams. Uh, the, the one from Santa Clara on Oklahoma city, <laughs> uh, considering they have two of them, but obviously he's the one that's getting the rotation minutes most nights. Uh, just been impressed with kind of the way he slips around screens, his closeouts are really impressive. I always find that to be, Something that like impresses me, especially with young guys. Another guy who's pretty good at that is Cade Cunningham. I just think closeouts are such a tough thing for anyone in the NBA to navigate, and so I've been super impressed by the way he kind of plays those types of things perfectly. Uh, has pretty good length. Uh, he's another guy who I think is just having a really nice all-around year, but the defense has really popped. I haven't checked lately, but I think OKC's hovered around top 10 in defense for a lot of the year. Um, they've got a lot of quality defenders, and I think Chandler Williams is one of them. So uh, I've just been impressed with kind of the way he seems to kind of na- like the the, the, the Raptors or sure, the Thunder kind of similar Raptors that feel like they almost thrive on chaos a lot, and that can be tough for young players to kind of succeed with. And I think Jalen Williams has done a good job of that. So I'm um, just impressed kind of the way he puts himself between screeners and his assignments to stay attached, and and especially on those closeouts as well. So. Um, just a guy who's playing good defense for for defense that's generally been you know above average at the very least to you know to open the first month of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I feel like one kind of just nugget here when you look at a lot of defensive metrics, it's really hard to excel as a young player. Um, there's a lot of things going on. You know, you're at a new level, right? You're learning the the, the defense of your new team. 
Uh, a lot of times you're still building your body. Uh, there, there's just a lot of aspects going around. It, it's a lot of, it's really hard, honestly, on developing teams also, because a lot of times there isn't that defensive kind of infrastructure there. Like you're not going to a team where, you know, you might have someone like a bam behind you because, you know, if you're part of a youth movement, like what's going on with the thunder. So, uh, I, yeah, I think it's, it's really impressive whenever, uh, there's, kind of notable things to see from young players defensively because that is something that I feel like lags behind a little bit the offensive game sometimes but yeah I, I really like that and uh, he definitely could kind of play you know they have Dort there who's a pretty good defender um, but you know every team always needs more <laughs> more defense it seems so yeah I really like that as a uh, kind of an early season pick there at Chaser. I, I should I should correct myself. I guess I haven't uh, looked at uh, Oklahoma City's defensive rating as of late. They're they're twenty first on the year now, um, unfortunately. But still, a lot, they have some interesting guys there. Um, I'm really excited to see what they can do next year when they get Chet Holmgren back. Uh, you know, a guy like Al- Al- Alexei Pogoshevsky's really taken a leap defensively. So um, you could t- find a pretty fun kind of four slash five in there, and then you get Jalen Williams mentioned. Dort. I think SGA has been better this year defensively. So um, I know it hasn't been great for them on the year, but you can definitely see kind of the foundation of maybe how this OKC team could find and playoff success or you know, the path to the playoffs as they continue to grow with this plethora of young guys, you know, led by uh, Shea Gilchrist-Alexander, who's been phenomenal this year. But uh, yeah, Jalen Williams has been you know an impressive guy for me on both ends, and um, especially like I said, defensively and some of the stuff he's been able to do in kind of a complex assortment of responsibilities. I got I got excited when you started talking about closeouts <laughs> because <laughs> that's something that I feel like uh, well one it's hard to it's hard to capture right it's hard to quantify um, because a lot of times you're in like so baseball is different right because baseball you're in the same position every single time as the batter as the position players most of the time you move a little bit like on scouting reports but like it's like a set thing right but a lot of the times when you're like rotating over to close out things like that. It's it's kind of a unique situation every time. Like you're not always in the same spot on the court. The person you're defending isn't always on the same spot. They're moving, you're moving. Uh, but that's definitely something that I'm going to kind of put away as a nugget for him because um, being able to close out well is uh, is a interesting skill that, I, like I said, is hard to pin down. But anything that you can see there that's a positive, I feel like is a definite building block. So I'm, I'm definitely, I'm going to store that one away <laughs> and I'm interested to see if uh, I can maybe notice that in the next couple of years of him playing in the league. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think closeouts are cool too, because it's also def- like, you have to understand the scheme a lot too, right? You have to know kind of, do they want to take away the middle? Do they want to take away the baseline? Like they're just supposed to be a helper, you know, when they funnel a certain way on a closeout. So um, yeah, I mean, that goes with all defense. The, the more, you know, a certain scheme that you're watching, it helps, but I think closeouts especially because, you just sometimes, you know, you think maybe a closeout's bad because a guy just runs, you know, he aggressively runs off, runs him off the line, but then he gives up a drive. But it's like, oh, maybe they really want to limit three point volume and kind of get goes guys into those weird floater mid range pull up range. So, uh, yeah, closeouts are, are fun and a, a very nuanced part of defense to properly understand whether it's good, bad, or you know, in the middle. Absolutely. Um, let's move on to helper. Uh, let's, let's go on from, I guess, people closing out to then those people helping after a closeout has happened. Um, who you see in uh, early season that's sticking out to you as a, as a strong helper? Yeah, I'm sticking with a rookie here. Uh, a guy that's been really impressive to me in this kind of role is Tari Eason. Uh, you know, it's been a tough, tough sled for the Rockets record wise this year, but Tari's been super fun on defense. He, uh, sometimes to a fault, he loves to help from the strong side, but he's got really good hands. Um, he's a guy that you know I, I could imagine fares pretty well in your guys' pickpocket rating as pickpocket rating as well. 
Um, but just really impressed kind of the way he can aggressively help from the strong side, not necessarily give up, you know, a, a cut to his own man or, you know, a driving lane when he has to recover. So um, really great hands, really aggressive, uh, good, good size with the, uh, on the wing too. So uh, the Rockets defensive infrastructure is not particularly good, which has been one of their pitfalls the last couple of years. Um, but really impressed kind of the way that Tarij seems to constantly make stuff happen, uh, you know, helping from the weak side, the strong side, and just kind of getting his hands on the ball all the time. And I've just, I've just really kind of enjoyed watching him. He's a, he's a bundle of energy, uh, often for better, but sometimes for worse. Um, but it just seems like a guy who's, you can really kind of slot in long-term to be an interesting part of this rep, this rocket tree builds that, you know, they build around a Jalen Green, a Jabari Smith Jr. and Alperin Shengun. So, uh, I've related what I've seen when you know in those help situations for for Tari. Uh, so <laughs> this I love when this happens. Uh, I just looked it up, sorted it by helper, looked at the passing lane defense, and Tari Eason is the number one player this year. Um, so one great call out by you. This is so this is why I like this, right? So Krishna Krishna books all of our guests. Krishna knows a lot of really smart basketball people. I come on, I talk to him, we have great conversations. But it's really awesome to. It goes both ways. I like to look up the stats and then watch the game and be like, oh, yeah, the stats are reinforcing this. I feel really strong. I really feel really confident about these things. That happens a fair amount of the time for me. But it's really cool when I'm talking to a guest, we're talking about something that's like fairly niche, fairly in depth. Like, I'll be honest, I personally don't know a lot about Tari Eason. Uh, he's on Houston and he's a young player, but it's cool to have somebody on and be like, yeah, he's getting his hands in the passing lane all the time, it seems. And then you look at the data and it backs it up of like, yep, he's the number one player in this role in the league this year. So <laughs> uh, one good on you. Good tape study. And uh, Krishna, good job uh, at <laughs> being a, a selective uh, guest picker. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm glad the, that it aligns there, you know, because I can only watch so many games, right? And so I'm not I'm not watching every play. So especially with defense, it can be it can be tough because you can't quantify all these things unless you necessarily have some of the database access that the two of you do. But uh, yeah, he's been he's been fun, and I think you know the Rockets have kind of needed a defensive first young guy in their in their rotation, and kind of in their core. I guess you could maybe also give a shout out to Kenya Martin Jr. who's fun, but uh, Tari has been really really impressive on that end, especially with these skills. So. I'm I'm quite glad to hear that you know the the games I've been able to catch for him are not just you know I'm not catching him on the incredibly correct night, um, but you know across the entire sample of his 17 games thus far he is you know, continually being a nuisance in the passing lanes. Uh, all right, let's knock off our third off-ball role here, low activity. Like I said, this is a, a place where you can hide players, but then there also are some uh, I think intangibles can kind of shine here and they can kind of help affect it helps to be on a good defense with talent but uh they can also kind of uh keep everybody organized a lot of the times they're strong communicators in this role um who did you have for uh low activity yeah so i wanted to try and avoid shouting out anyone that i've written about thus far um so i originally went with damian lillard here um but i did write about the blazers surprise defense start over dime up rocks um, generally, the gist of it for him is he's been really good communicating, but I opted to go with a different guy who I don't think plays kind of the same type of low activity role, but that's Sam Hauser, um, which is funny to talk about his defense, but I think that's part of why he's been kind of like, he's a guy that people are optimistic about long-term for the Celtics because, uh, you know, he's been shooting the leather off the ball offensively, uh, really nice, you know, useful movement sure they kind of need in that offense to, to grease the wheels to, you know, almost best in the league levels, you know, to open this season. Um, but I've just been impressed with kind of the way he moves his feet. 
I, you know, my general impression about Virginia was that he was a little bit slow and he's the kind of guy that you would think, oh, he's going to be, he's going to be, you get targeted all the time in space. But um, it feels like when teams do target and the stuff that I've seen, uh, he moves pretty well at his size. Well, he's about six, eight, six, nine, maybe six, 10, um, pretty light on his feet, solid, you know, flipping the hips. So um, just a guy that I was like, oh yeah, I knew he could shoot. Like I knew he could do that really well in a variety of ways, but I, you know, the games I've caught of him for the Celtics, it's like, oh yeah, this guy, the reason that he's getting so many rotation minutes to amplify that shooting is because he's been pretty solid uh, defensively. Uh, obviously the Celtics haven't been there, the top of the league defensively like they were last year, but um, you know, at least at this point thus far, they clearly, you know, they've been a little slow on some switches and communications and they obviously are going to miss a guy like Robert Williams, but I've just been impressed by the way, you know, it doesn't seem like Hauser gets picked on like, you know, try to hunt him out, but, he just is good about kind of using his torso to, to cut off angles and use his size well. And a guy that doesn't feel like, the, you know, the opposing offenses are just routinely having a bunch of success against when they when they target him. Because in the sales rotation, there aren't many guys that you can go, yeah, let's let's uh, let's isolate him and or you know run an action directed his way, and we'll we'll find some uh, impressive outcomes. There's also something to be said, right, of, you know, you're obviously on the floor for your shooting. He's shooting like 48% from three on four attempts a game, which is pretty wild. Yeah, it's four and a half attempts a game. Um, and there's something to be said of like, okay, maybe like you're not on the court to be a defensive specialist, right? And we're going to try to put you into a role to where you're not going to be, you're not going to be the wing stopper, right? But if you can find ways to be productive in the defensive system, um, to just you know not be a weakness because your your obviously your impact comes from the other side. Um, I feel like they're they're it's not the sexiest thing, but it's one of those things where you can have really solid role players that way, right? Because you just need the buy in the the kind of understanding of what you're being asked to do, and as long as you can just be solid on that end, um, like that that th- those are what the better teams have role player wise. Yeah, I think you know. And I could be off base, but you know, like it, it seems maybe that Hauser wouldn't even be in the rotation if Daniel Gallinari hadn't torn his ACL. Um, and I, like, I think Gallo is a much more versatile offensive player, um, but defense has certainly not been his forte, especially the last couple of years. His you know, last few years, his movement skills have declined. Uh, and so, you know, now, now when you look at because when I look, when I try to assess teams like the Celtics and these other teams that I dub dub in the championship contention, you know, caliber. Uh, I'm trying to kind of figure also like is Hauser a guy that you think could play you know 12 to 14 minutes a night in some of these deeper playoff series and and it's it's very early um, but he's a guy that thus far it's like yeah he's going to be able to space the floor is kind of that three slash four for you and you know if they are smart about kind of who they put him on he's going to be okay defensively and really kind of let them you know really let the Celtics offense make use of his shooting to the highest degree uh, as a rotation player off the bench in the playoffs so. Um, that's kind of what I'm looking at it through. And, um, you know, again, we're, since we don't have the, the access to the D LeBron, you know, I just look at a guy like Hauser and, you know, he's 150th in defensive EPM, which is fine. Like, I think, I think it's, you know, it's a totally fine spot for him to be, right? I mean, that, that puts him as the, you know, literally at the very end of, of starting caliber defender. Um, when I know you don't want to take those rankings to, you know, you know, right on, right, right on, or literally, I should say, but. Um, again, just a guy that, you know, is shooting the heck out of the ball and looks like he's been fine thus far defensively to kind of hold his own in this low activity role that teams maybe try to hunt him out. And he doesn't really let them because he moves fairly well at his size and understands angles and doesn't use his hands too much and kind of uses his torso to, to cut guys off, which I think is an important thing to do. Uh, all right. So that's going to we've, we've done our on ball. We've done our off ball roles. I kind of feel like uh, 
<laughs> I feel like I'm in a dark room and you're holding my hand, kind of guiding me through it because I don't have access to D. LeBron, like you said. But I, I appreciate the, uh, the the navigating the early season is always so difficult. So uh, it's been really good uh, to get some names that didn't immediately pop into my head. Uh, let's let's look at big. So we got two roles left. We have the mobile big and we have the anchor big. The mobile big is someone that's going to switch on pick and rolls more. That's going to hedge and recover some uh, anchor bigs are going to be your traditional drop majority of the time. So those are sort of the two differences in the roles. Uh, Who did you have at mobile big? Yeah, so uh, my clear my clear choice for this would have been Nick Claxton, but he's a guy that I wrote about. So I want to kind of go elsewhere and that's Dime Up Rocks. Oh, no, SB Nation, excuse me. I wrote about him last week. He's been really good this year um, for the Nets. But um, the guy that I went with instead was Kevon Looney. Uh, I've just been really, I know the Warriors defense has kind of been a mess this year, um, but I've just been really impressed with him. Uh, he, he just, he, I remember in the first game of the year, uh, they played the Lakers and obviously the Lakers, you know, been up and down, largely down this year. Um, but for the first couple of years of that LeBron AD partnership, a lot of people were like, yeah, just, just run, you know, LeBron AD empty corner, you know, pick and rolls or whatever it is. And that's unstoppable. And the Warriors were like, no, we'll just, we'll just keep, Kevon Looney, Draymond Green, let's you guys and switch it, and you won't be able to do anything in part because you're you're spacing around them stinks. Um, and Kevon Looney, just the way he constantly kind of he, he's disciplined, he absorbs contact well, he's really ground bound, but he uses his length well. Like I think what he does is, you know, let's say he's he's guarding a post up, and you know, a guy is going middle, so he's got his he's going they're going from left block to right block. He's got his he's got one hand up, and then they spin the other way, and he gets the other hand up, and so. Uh, just been really impressed with kind of the way he switches, the way that he navigates in the post against you know, guys maybe might have a little more uh, length or even strength or percept- perceived strength. So um, I know that you know the Golden, the Warriors, you know, defensive numbers aren't great, like I said earlier, but just been super impressed with kind of the way that Kevon Looney handles an array of assignments as a big man and just kind of just his technique and his discipline, and understanding of angles, uh, his active hands are just super super impressive and. I, you know, I'm confident that the Warriors are going to figure things out, and I think as they do, we'll get back to kind of still singing Kevon Looney's praises. Not that I think we've really not done that, but some of the the struggles that they've had as a collective team thus far have overshadowed some of what they're really good, what they've what they've done really well this year. Um, obviously, Steph's been Steph, but I've been really impressed with what Kevon Looney's done too. I I feel like we saw a bit of this last year, where like there's a lot of people who attack him on switches, and he just holds up really well on them. Yeah, uh, I think way better than like maybe you would like I, I feel like a lot of NBA players just kind of look at him like okay I'm gonna attack you know bring the center up and attack him and he's just really good on switches yeah yeah absolutely and like I said he's even good in the post too like I remember and this is a couple of years back now but I remember uh the Warriors beat the Sixers in in Philadelphia it was the first year that Embiid was an MVP finalist and he just gave Embiid huge issues he's it's really hard to dislodge uh, really good center of gravity, which I think is maybe a benefit of him being six nine. You know, like generally, the taller you get, the harder it is to have you know a sturdier center of, gra- center of gravity. So, uh, yeah, he definitely seems like one of those guys where it's like, when are you gonna like when are you gonna learn? Like you don't really need to, you can't attack him. Um, and so, I, I you know I imagine that like I said, the Warriors are gonna figure things out, and I'm sure you know we'll be here in five months singing his praises defensively and ability to, to read rebounds well and move the ball well. It's just another quality role player who I think is. Uh, you know, for me thus far, it would be kind of in that all defensive team consideration. It's really tough because he only plays 23 minutes and the front court depth defensively these days seems incredible. So 
Yeah, I don't think, you know, in four months I'll be talking about him in that same light, but just every time I catch a Warriors game, I just find myself increasingly impressed with what he can do you know, defensively. Has he been, do you think he's been like their second or third best player this year, just kind of with the way everything's gone so far for the Warriors? Yeah, about- obviously Steph is number one. You can, I mean, you might need, but I think for me, I'd probably go Wiggins too. Uh, Wiggins has been really good as well, but. Uh, I think you can make case for Draymond or Looney, and I think I, you know, I might go Looney. Again, I, this is a very limited sample for me. I can only catch so many games of the Warriors, so other people who you know cover the Warriors or watch them more intently than I do, feel free to correct me. But uh, yeah, I would go Wiggins two and Looney three. But uh, the fact that it's where Looney is and he plays only 23 minutes a night, I think speaks to just how how impactful he's been in those those moments that he does get to play. I think Looney is one of those guys where he. <laughs> He's like hyper aware of what his job is on the team and that it sounds like I I, sometimes I feel like when we describe role players, like especially really good role players on on really good teams that we see kind of a lot on TV, um, sometimes that it's taken as slight, but I really don't think that like I think knowing your role is an incredibly I remember there was a story with uh with Russell Westbrook when he was on the Wizards where they they I think they like weren't playing very well and then they had a you know, team meeting and they played well the the second half of the season they made the playoffs yada 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 and he went around the meeting and made each player say out loud what they think their role is on the team and I feel like with Looney, he is very aware of what his role is, and he's also quite good at executing it. And uh, I, I feel like whenever you have, like, we think about glue guys a lot of the time being like someone like Alex Caruso died, in, like a small, scrappy guy that died, is flying around. But I feel like guys like Looney, guys like Steven Adams, glue guys that are bigs are valuable, uh, are actually just as valuable, if not more. Um and, and I I feel like they're it's like the classic underappreciated, you know, dirty work, big man. And I, I really, really like those guys. And like you tend to see them on good teams almost all the time. So uh, I, I definitely really like, uh, you know, call out of, of Looney here. Yeah, I think a perfect encapsulation of kind of him understanding his role is he's so good at those offensive rebounds, but he doesn't like a lot of times guys will grab the offensive rebound and immediately try to go back up with it. He knows that he's not particularly explosive vertically. He knows he's kind of small compared to other guys. And so, like, if there's a wide-open opportunity, then, yeah, I'll go for it. But a lot of the times, he's looking for those kickouts, right? He's looking for the step relocation, the pool relocation, maybe a Wiggins cut. Like, he just knows kind of what his job is on that team, like we said. And I think that's a prime example. So, like, if you're listening to this and you're catching a Warriors game the next night or that night, uh, watch what Looney does when he grabs an offensive rebound. Because he'll definitely grab him. Uh, and just kind of it just shows kind of he understands what his job is to do and how to amplify more offensively or scoring-inclined uh, players around him. Uh, one time me and my friend were sitting on the couch watching NBA some random night, like, you know, middle of the season. And we were talking about how there should be there should be a Hall of Fame for role players. <laughs> uh, I don't I, we could we never we couldn't settle on like what the what the name would be. But I feel like I feel like Looney could uh, could find himself into the the, the you know, Hall of Fame of role players because it's just a classic under underappreciated uh, guy. Uh, so. We're uh, we're six rolls six rolls deep six rolls through the defensive rolls. Um, we got one more uh, the anchor big the classic big man in the paint blocking shots grabbing rebounds. Who have you had as your standout anchor big early in the season? Yeah, so the obvious one here is Brook Lopez. Um, 
but that's already been written about extensively. Uh, Matt Issa wrote about him. Nikias Duncan wrote about him. He's been incredible. Uh, so I went a different way. I went with Anthony Davis, actually. Uh, I, I know the Lakers haven't been very good. LeBron has honestly struggled for his standards, but AD has been like really, really awesome on both ends this year. Uh, his efficiency is back up as a scorer. He's really attacking the glass. He's super active as a defender. Uh, you know, the Lakers have about a league average defense um, so far this year, according to Cleaning Glass. I think garbage time likes them a lot more. So maybe NBA.com, which doesn't filter out garbage time and Cleaning Glass, it doesn't like 10th. So, um, but this is not a particularly good defensive roster. Um, and LeBron hasn't been very good when he's played defensively, I feel like. So uh, AD is doing a lot of impressive stuff on both ends this year. Uh, but it's just kind of the way that he's so able to kind of navigate those one on two situations, whether it's uh, you know, playing pick and roll defense or he's helping, you know, he has to step up because a guy gets beat on a closeout and he also has to kind of take away the, the floater and they also in the, the wraparound pass to his own man. Um, so good at that sort of sort of sorts of stuff. Um, so just been super impressed with him overall. And, you know, you know, I obviously, you know, AD can kind of be the butt of jokes at times and he, maybe his plays can overshadow because the Lakers are five and ten. But uh, he's been unequivocally their best player to me, and it's been both sides of the ball, and especially on the defense, like I said, rebounding well, super active. That's been one of his most impressive traits is how he can average like both a block and a half and a steal and a half a game because he has the interior awareness and technique to alter stuff around the rim and also the mobility and instincts on the perimeter to jump the passing lanes or you know pickpocket. Yeah, I'm just playing you know, near the level and drop, drop coverage and pick and rolls. So I um, kind of feel like all that's been on display this year, and he's just having a really, really good year. And, um, looks primed to return, you know, to to an all star to an all star appearance this year, in part because of how good he's been defensively. Yeah, uh, AD has been. Uh, I'm a Laker fan, so I've watched I think pretty much every game this season. Um, it, it was tough early in the season because he was battling through a back thing, and uh, you could tell he was even like grabbing for it sometimes, which like that's when you know a back thing is like really flared up. Um, and he was still able to be like a really productive anchor uh, around the hoop, which was great. The rebounding, like you said, has been I this I would imagine has been his best rebounding season. He's just been vacuuming everything up. It doesn't help that the Lakers don't really have another NBA level big on the roster. Um, so he's had to do a lot of heavy lifting. But the last few games, um, obviously, the, the points have been huge, but the, the rebound numbers have been I think he's been like over 15 rebounds the last three games, which is just crazy. Uh, and he's starting to move better. You know, he's not reaching for his back, which is a really good sign. Um, and I, I think it was one of those things where we all were. I, we were all kind of starting to write off AD a little bit the last two years. And, and I know there was people that were trying to stick it out, but it's just, it's been a really long time. There was, there was some flashes in the middle of last season where he, he kind of looked like him again, but then he stepped on Gobert's foot. And then it was like another, you know, another nagging injury thing. Um, so it's really good to see him back. Um, it seems like he is, he's actually getting better as the season goes because that, that nagging back seems to be going away. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's, uh, the stocks, the, the the steals plus blocks numbers have just been have been crazy this season. So uh, I don't know if you can hear it. I have a big smile on my face because I love AD and I'm just I love I love that he's playing well again, playing like himself. Yeah, I think he he's cool because I think when you when you look at like and I guess maybe I'm missing some guys, so I apologize if I am. But if you think of maybe the top six quote unquote centers, you got Jokic, Embiid, Towns, Cat, Gobert. Uh, Bam and then and AD, maybe that's seven of them, but they're all different. And I think that, and that's what's so fun about AD is that like he provides this 
distinct presence to kind of a top 15, top 20 player. I think he's been, you know, closer to top 15 than top 20 this year. Um, he provides a distinct style than these other two centers, like, you know, like Jokic and Embiid. So um, that, that's what's so fun about him. And the defense has been a huge part of it. And, um, you know, the act, he's like, he's so good and long and mobile that like, he's always been kind of, even when he's the last couple of years, when I think his defense hasn't been as good. He can kind of still stumble into these obscene steal and block rates. But I feel like this year, they're particularly emblematic of how good he's been on, on that end. Whereas last, last couple of years, maybe it's been like, he, he's so good that he can kind of just accumulate those on certain possessions, but maybe the possession by possession consistency hasn't been there. Whereas this year, I definitely think it has. And um, I, you know, I, I think the Lakers, if they're going to make any noise, it's going to be contingent on LeBron being a lot better than he's been and coming back healthy. Um, but if they do, if they can get that, then you're really going to kind of see, I think more people are going to start to take note of how good AD's been in, in part of that's been the defense and it's been really cool to watch and um it's nice that he's you know as we said kind of getting healthier after some a slow start this year and a couple of tough injury over the last couple of years following the title so um have really enjoyed watching him the lakers haven't been particularly fun to watch besides maybe these last three games um but ad is certainly a a major reason why i keep coming back to watch them because i, I, I want to keep seeing him you know get back to that level that we we've seen in prior years from him yeah, I, ooh, this was a this was a uh, a packed forty minute episode <laughs> with uh, a lot of uh, depth going through some not uh, not obscure players, but you know a little further, a little we dug a little deeper into the soil to find some some real defensive gems early this year, capping it off with Anthony Davis with a Laker, which I love. Uh, but that gets us through all of our roles again. We had the on ball, we had the off ball, and then lastly the bigs. Um, I think I would lose my mind uh, with like if I had to <laughs> now that I have these basketball index defensive roles that kind of help me make sense of everything. It's really frustrating when I go to other websites because you just have the five positions. Right. And I'm always like, no, no, no. But what is this player doing? I want <laughs> I want to know what their job is. Um, so I, I, I really, I love the defensive roles for that. It helps organize things. And honestly, it helps us point out guys that are, that are maybe doing some unique things. I feel like Looney was a really good one that we pointed out. Um, cause you know, I love to, to put a shine on a guy doing, uh, doing the dirty work and, you know, isn't the traditional going to block, you know, five shots a game center. So, uh, Jackson, Frank, thanks for coming on. Thanks for, uh, illuminating us early here in the season. Uh, what's your, what's your Twitter handle and what else you got to plug? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Jack Frank underscore JJF. Um, I'll probably write about honestly one or two of these guys in the next week or so. Um, just, I mean, part of this was me being able to write it, like talk about guys that I've enjoyed this year, but it's also fortunate that they've been good defensively in what I've seen. So um, that made it easy. But yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm always posting clips and thoughts about different stuff. So I appreciate you guys having me on, and you know, always always enjoy talking defense. It's uh, I think it's definitely my favorite thing to write about. So it's certainly even easier when I can just talk and don't have to, don't have to write. So, uh, yeah, I'm always happy to talk about these different roles because I think that's an important. We talk about a lot offensively, you know, spot up shooter, pick and roll creator, post up big, cutter, things like that. But uh, a little harder to discern defensively. And the data that you and your site are, are doing is, uh, you know, you and your coworkers are doing is, is really helpful and kind of gives us more nuance to defense that often will will always need more nuance than maybe we can find or or granted all right well jackson frank thanks for coming on uh that was the top player at each defensive role here early in the 2023 season my name is taylor for krishna thanks for joining us and we'll see you on the next episode of the basketball index podcast